Welcome to BA Chats. I'm your host, Kevin Koontz, and right next to me is the lovely, and may I say, by the way, 21-year marriage partner in life, 21 years. Give me a high five and a fist bump, baby. Yes. Way to go, Koontz. <laughs> Our marriage is now legal to drink. That's right. <laughs> that should be said. That should be recognized. <laughs> You're listening to BA Chats. Thank you so much. We always want to remind you guys that we're trying to accomplish two major things. Yes. And um, we here at BA Chats believe that testimony, the word testimony means do it again, God. So anything that you hear uh, on this chat, the things that Jesus is doing through people's life, it's an open door. It's an invitation for the Lord to do wonderful things in your life. So let your heart rise up and say, God, do it again. Do it in me. Do it in my life. Do it again, God. Exactly. And then the second reason that we do BA Chats is that this is, we have so many wonderful people in our body at Bethel. There's a story behind every person. I mean, there's wonderful stories. There are gold in them, their hills. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so we like to give the opportunity. This is an opportunity and a platform for us to be able to introduce you to some of the greatest people in the world. And so... That's what we do. Like our guest today, yep. Dan Quinn Weber, that we love. How are you guys doing? Great, great, great. Thanks so much good. for having us again. Oh, thank you for coming. We appreciate you guys. Like you said, you have been guests before, and it was phenomenal. We had a good time before, and we were talking basically about what you guys do at Bethel and just who you are. And so let's, I want to do a little bit of that just to reacquaint our audience, but we're actually in to talk about something different. So Quinn, let's start with you. Who are you, girl? I am Quinn Weber, <laughs> often uh, referred to as Dan Weber's wife, which I'm extremely proud of. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So I just support him and all that he does here at Bethel and stay at home, raise the kids, do the things, run a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A lot of bit. <laughs> that's, that's downplaying it. Just I, a know, little bit. I, know, I know. As she stands there glowing in her beautiful metal Yes. Gorgeous metal that we're going to talk about. Today. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. All right, Dan Weber, who are you? Yep. So I'm a, a, the third year director for BASM, uh, Bethel Atlantic School of Supernatural Ministry, and uh, also a pastor on staff uh, part-time. So that's uh, what m my role is here anyway at Bethel Atlantic. Nice. And you guys, thank you for all, all that you do. We mm. appreciate you. Really do. Okay, there's a lot wonderful about Dan and Quinn, but what we're talking about tonight is, is these two are runners. And not like casual, I think I'll take a run runners. <laughs> I'm talking like 50-mile races. This is the gorgeous medal that Quinn has on now. Was it from a recent race? It was 50 miles. Yeah, it was Saturday. It was like the passion of life. <clears throat> like when you, talk to, or you, when you talk to Dan and Quinn, it's, you always end up talking about running at some point. Or when you squeeze them, that's what comes to Come out. That's what comes, comes out. running out. Awesome. <laughs> so we're talking running tonight, and the reason why, when you do talk to them, they are so passionate. You guys have made a comment that just has caught my attention, and you, Dan, you say it. You're going to say it better than me. About um, it's like a life, life living life in a day, life in a day, living life in a day. That running these races, these fifty mile, hundred mile races, is that the most? That's, you I mean, that's you know, that's the saying is. Uh, you know, a hundred mile race is like living life in a day. Wow. A hundred mile race. Okay. So Quinn, I'm going to start with you. How in the world did you get started running these races? And were you intending to work your way up to a hundred miles? Um, it's, 
It's funny. In the beginning, that was not my intention. I didn't even realize ultra running existed. Ultra running. Ultra running. Anything beyond 26.2 miles is considered an ultra marathon. Okay. So typically like 50K, 50 milers, 100 milers, so on and so forth. And they go beyond 100 milers. Okay. Whoa. So I had wow. no idea that existed. Um, I really just started running to break out of sort of depression and just I had anxieties. I had all those kinds of things going on. So I thought um, maybe exercise would help because I didn't really like the idea of taking medication. And I wasn't quite that far into it. I met with doctors and they were like, well, you don't really qualify for medication. And I was like, well, I'm having all these issues. And they're like, why don't you try exercise? And I was like, okay. But the issue I had with that was I had a fear of running, a literal fear of running. Like it brought me so much anxiety that sometimes I would pass out <laughs> just at the thought. Like my heart would race, I would feel dizzy. Wow. Literally so, uh, thinking about it. Yeah, because wow. it just, I just didn't think I could do it. Like I wanted to do it so bad. I remember telling Daniel, I would see runners pass by, you know, on the road and I'd be like, oh, I just, I would love to be able to do that but just couldn't. I just physically didn't think I could. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, it just, it just, there was just such a block. So was that coming from someplace or was it just fear and anxiety that you, that you were trying to get out of? I'm not really sure. I think it came from a fear of just trying anything okay. and a fear of failure was really just sort of creeping up. Wow. And so I started this boot camp, um, that, Share the piece of before yeah. when you first started to run and you ended up having all those panic attacks. Oh, yeah. And had to stop. Yeah, it was about, let's see, probably five years ago because four no, years. That was that was four, 12 years ago because Jocelyn was just. Oh, it was just after Josiah was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and Josiah is 12. Before we go on to beautiful children, Jocelyn <laughs> yes. and Josiah, we love your kids. They are great kids. Oh, they love wonderful. you guys. Okay. Yeah. I love you guys. Okay, so running. So Josiah was born. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about your kids for a second. Okay. <laughs> Josiah was born 12 years ago, and after I had had him, I had postpartum depression. Okay. Started, um, started running and um, just casually started running. I mean, it was just little bits here and there. We ran up this hill near our house and stuff. But it was shortly after that, I would have massive anxiety attacks and, like, almost pass out. I'd just be standing around the house doing something and get extremely dizzy just all these crazy symptoms and wow. yeah. And so I just quit. Um, and I don't think it lasted very long. I think the most I had ran, I got up to maybe three miles one time. That's when I ran to Jamie's house. But, and so I was just like, no way I, that it was just confirmation. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't was the, you know, biggest word in my head. So years down the road, um, four years ago, as of today, even, yep. Yep. Um, I joined this boot camp and, and they make you run this mile. And I was like, Oh no, not the mile. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't. And all these other people were out there trying and these ladies were amazing. And it got so bad that we would do this warm up, and then, um, they go, okay, we're going to go run the mile. And I literally doubled over the fence and threw up my breakfast. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I haven't heard this part of the story. And this I laid on great. the ground. I laid on the ground and she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. 
fine. <laughs> and I just was so distraught. So I didn't have to run the mile that day. Day after, <laughs> the day after, the day after, or whatever, it was like Tuesday. On Thursday, you go back. And so that day, they were running the mile. And so she said, just run and then just walk when you, when you feel like you need to. So she just gave me permission to take my time. And so after a while, it took a long time. After a while, I could run the entire mile slowly without stopping. Whoa. Did that surprise you? It so surprised me. And after I did that, just I started reaching these tiny little goals. And then one day I went out and I had some time. And I was like, I wonder how I can do today. And I just took off and started running. And when I came back home, I had run five miles. And, and I felt okay. I felt good. Like you didn't stop. I had stopped and walked a few times. Sure. Um, but it was when I got home, I was just shocked at how, because I didn't look at my watch. I, didn't, I just wanted to go and run. And when I got home, I just, it just was crazy. I just couldn't believe it. So the doctor said exercise, but you were drawn to running. I was drawn especially to running. Okay. And under these people at this boot camp, just creating these small little goals, slowly approaching the word I can't and tackling that word in small goals was just super helpful in in the idea. Like I took the big goal of running, being a runner off the table, and I just reached these small little goals little by little. And that was part of the boot camp. Yeah. And just allowing myself to walk, which felt like failure to me. If I'm walking, I'm not running. I'm not a runner. I'm failing. Wow. And so taking that off the table and allowing myself to just experience a different process was super, super helpful. And so when I reached that five mile goal, just this, the I can't shrunk significantly. Whoa. And the it's not about what I can do. It's about what I'm going to do. Started get coming in the picture. And so then I was like, well, if I can run five miles in this amount of time, I mean, I can Facebook in that amount of time. Like, what else can I do? You know, so I started just reaching out and started p- pushing my goals a little bit further as that I can't shrink due to my actions. I mean, the proof was in the pudding. I'm running. Whoa. So your I, I can't shrink due to your actions. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's helpful, Quinn. So it was a it was a slow and steady slope. After that, I started looking up little races and was like, oh. And then my first race was just more anxiety and oh my gosh, I can't do this. There's really? so many people here, and I well, thought, tell, remember yeah, the first ahead. time we ran the nine miles? We were going for six. <laughs> oh, that was in preparation for like that race. Yeah, we went to to Reading, and we're like, oh, it was for uh, Valentine's Day. Mm. Because you like, sweet people are from California. <laughs> yeah. So this is all on the coast. So we were in Va- we were in Reading for Valentine's Day. And we're like, oh, we'll run along the river there. It's a really pretty trail. And it was like a million degrees because Reading is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only February, but it was wicked hot. Like 85, 90 yeah, degrees. But 85, yeah. Anyway, so we start running. And <laughs> we don't know where we're going. We don't know about, you know, mapping stuff out. We don't know anything. So we're just starting to run. And we're like, oh, we'll turn here. We'll turn here. Next thing you know, we're so far out. Well, we had had a six-mile loop kind of, like, planned out, but we missed the turn. We didn't know oh. where we were going. <laughs> so, yeah, so we missed the turn. We end up way out on this bridge. We're out of water. We didn't even have water, I don't think, with us. Didn't have water. Didn't have, didn't have nothing. We didn't have anything. <laughs> and uh, then... <laughs> Like, we're, like, trying not to panic. I'm, like, don't panic. Like, we'll be fine. We're just going to just keep going. 
and and Daniel gets a bloody nose. Oh, wow. And like no. we're a mess. We are a hot, hot mess. Happy Valentine's Day, babe. Welcome to my world. It, it was it was intense. So, but yeah, that was just part so of the So we journey. get done and here we ended up running nine miles. And it was the first time we had I think I had ever ran past five or something like oh, that. Oh, same. And it was like, oh my gosh. We, we did you it. were surprised. We yeah. did it. Despite yeah. a bloody nose and lack of lack of what we thought that we needed in order to get that far like oh you have to do this in order to run nine miles you have to look like this or you have to train like this or you have to drink like this and we just did it it was a hot mess but we did it and we were like oh if we can do that what else can we do whoa yeah so So. dan when did you join quinn on this adventure Probably that day in Reading. Really? (laughs) (laughs) That was the first day. (laughs) Did you really pick up and just run nine miles? Uh, You know. Oh, my uh, word. Did he? Quinn is nodding her head. Yeah, because I didn't really run it at home or anything. Uh -uh. No. I mean, there was a a stretch there when she was running, like when she was having those anxiety attacks early on, where I'd go and, and do maybe three miles or something like that. It never stuck, you know, but uh, I think when this we came back around to doing this and we were in Reading that day, that may have been that may have been my first yeah. kind of jump into it. OK, I'm so just sure. to be clear, there was anxiety there and there was fear there. Yeah. A doctor suggested that you exercise. Yeah. So you wanted to exercise, but you really wanted to run. Where did yeah. that desire come from? Um, I think. It comes from, like, when I was little. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but in my childhood, there was a lot of kids around, a lot of stuff going on, and my parents would always, we were just nuts. We were crazy kids. And so they would <laughs> yell at us, go outside and run the field. And so, like, midnight or something, we would be running around outside. Running around that tree. Just all over. She'd say, run, you know, go run to the park and back or whatever. So... I just remember as a kid the greatest feeling of busting out the front door, leaping off the porch and taking off. And it was just so much freedom and so much adventure and so much, you know, curiosity met with just wilderness, you know. And so I think that's what draws me to running is just the feeling of freedom and the feeling of just adventure. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like a pioneer when I'm out there running. You sound like a pioneer, yeah. which we want to hear all of that. I feel like a pioneer in my own life half the time when I'm out there running, discovering things that I never knew Okay, that were there. So you were drawn to running, so but you went to run, and anxiety kicked up more. Yeah. Yeah, it and got you, worse. It, may, it got worse, which is <laughs> a thing, dadgummit. <laughs> that is yeah. the way that goes. But you started making little bitty goals. Mm-hmm. The I can't started getting smaller. Mm-hmm. And the running started going further. The running started going further. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And as I started exploring races, um, that's when I found on YouTube, um, the first race that I realized was an ultra was the Tahoe Trail 200. And I just, my jaw dropped. I thought, people run 200 miles? This is unbelievable. Which led me to look up all these other races. And and the places that they went are places that people doing half marathons or 5Ks and you just don't go. Right. You know, 200 miles, you travel to places that people just can't get to. Wow. Which really drew me in. Okay, so Dan, I've heard you say before that you started running to be with Quinn. Yep. 
Yes. This is true. Yep. <laughs> so Quinn had the bug, but you jumped in and were just a runner. I mean, like you just discovered that you could run. Uh, yeah, I I guess so. I think you know I, I'm naturally ath- athletic, so yeah. it's obviously you know you, you kind of jump in. I did the boot camp thing too as well, okay. off and on, very off and on. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I mean honestly, just just kind of just run into to hang out with her. It's her passion. It's her dream. It's her her vision, uh, which is far beyond, well beyond anything I could picture in my head. The idea of running even half marathons at, at, in those days, it was like, yeah, okay, well, I'll kind of hang out with you and see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> those were his exact words. <laughs> <laughs> but you could run. Yeah, I could do it. I could do it without, with really minimal well, really, no training. So, <laughs> to say minimal. Which you just told us you accidentally ran nine miles, right. <laughs> and it wasn't a passion. So you were running. Not Your passion all. was Quinn. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just serving her and running with her. Okay. So you guys are running. You work your way up to ultra running. I want to ask Dan, when did you start? Because you love it now. Is this correct? I love it now, yeah. When did this start? When did the love of running start for you? So, I mean, we started running like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the, the progression was, you know, the first year, I think we did um, a good handful of um, half marathons and uh, a couple other 5Ks and whatnot. And, uh, you know, at the end, I remember saying, well, you know, I guess this is our normal. So we, we've we got to jump to the marathon now. And, um, and then we did the marathon the next year and, kind of leading up to that uh there was a 30k and so we just slowly started you know incrementally adding in um and then the end of the second year we did our first ultra or the 50k and so and how far is a 50k uh 30 30 i think it's technically 31 something point something or other miles but uh, this one ended up being 33 33 yeah we did 33 miles on that one um and, you know, 33 miles on your feet. Was that here? In no, no that was that Salem, Oregon, actually. Oregon, uh, Silverton. Okay. Yeah, Silver Falls was the race. Uh, beautiful. Pouring down rain. I mean, just miserable. <laughs> just miserable. <laughs> absolutely miserable. I mean, it was. It's a so, wonderful life. So I'm two years into uh, absolute misery. Uh, <laughs> hate, hate it every time I'm doing it. Why am I doing it? What's what? this about? Yeah. I keep coming back for more. Um, you know, I fought through a bunch of injuries. Uh, a bunch of IT band injuries. Um, I mean, we had uh, going into our marathon. I had hurt it so bad I couldn't even run two miles. I'd Whoa. have to walk half of it. Whoa! And uh, ended up doing that marathon. And at mile five, it was it hurt. I had so much pain. I was ready to take anything I could find for it. <laughs> and uh, ended up doing the whole twenty six miles How? in spite of it. Just just pure grit. Keep moving. Pure grit. Yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah, and it was definitely wasn't easy. So none of none of it was ever appealing. <laughs> it was like my body's not like it now. You know, granted, my body's probably I was fighting through some injuries because I just wasn't training. I was just doing it. So that is amazing to me that you could just do twenty six miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, which has been Quinn's kind of like all along. It's like, wow, if you really put some effort in, like, I wonder where you could go. Sure. And I'm kind of, I have no desire <laughs> to put it <Still>. in. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, that's where I was always at. But something happened, probably okay. started to shift um, on that 50K. We did, um, 
uh, we were, I think, I remember we were probably, I think we were at mile 24. Yeah. And uh, we got video, actually. She got video of me. Uh, I hit a runner's high like I'd never experienced. Which you have to totally explain a runner's high. This is fun. Uh, how do you explain a runner's high? <laughs> what is a runner's high? I don't high? Really feel it anymore. <laughs> Especially <laughs> no. not like that. <laughs> really? I yeah, think it's totally. like when you walk into a room and everyone is hiding everywhere and then you flick on the lights and everyone jumps out and says happy birthday. It kind of feels like that. Like you just feel amazing. <laughs> That's great. That's, right. That's a great word picture. Okay, great. And it is from running and pushing through and breakthrough, and then at some point you hit this runner's high. Yeah, so nice, nice big high. Um, is that like endorphins kicking in? Yeah, and it is. Just like your body's like yeah, sure, getting, yeah. getting, getting, it, getting yeah. to you what it need, what <coughs> yeah. you need to keep going. Yeah, everything's firing on all cylinders. Wow. Everything is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had hit this. I hit this. And, 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 you know, I'd had some lows in the middle of it and found myself um, kind of what was really pushing me was just a lot of stuff we've learned in just the identity and, you know, uh, uh, just this culture. Sure. So, like, literally prophesying over myself throughout the whole race. Wow. I, oh, I that's was born amazing. for this. I was born to run. I was born athletic. This is, this is who I am. Like, just constantly reminding myself of who I am when I was in the middle of, you know, Oh shoot! I, why do I keep coming out here? This is miserable. But just continuing to just prophesy over myself, and, and honestly, that's what kind of got me through that thirty-three miles. And and I didn't run anything at all, training-wise. I did had done like boot camp for a couple weeks, uh, a couple wow, weeks, maybe a couple months or a month, something like that, leading up to it. But there was no running, um, and so it was just again just the strength and. And really, honestly, it was like a lot of that kind of keeping track of my my headspace. Mm-hmm. Hit that runner's high, and something clicked. And uh, kind of along this journey too is, I found that I hate running on the road, and okay. a lot of what we were doing was road running. And so when we started to getting into these trails, uh. it, things shifted. It was like, oh, this is different. I like this. This is this is very fun. Now, my body still hates it, but it's super fun. But it's, <laughs> is it become more like of an exploration than it does, you know, I like don't, a hamster in a wheel? For or? her, <laughs> for Quinn, yeah. She has that, you know, like the, the pioneer kind of, I, I was on a run and the Lord kind of opened my eyes to it one day. In fact, it was, I was running out here last year in uh, Cochrane Mill and, uh, and the Lord was like, you know, I said, because I just found, I've, I've now found, I just have great connection time with the Lord while I'm out there. And, uh, and I said, you know, he goes, you know why you like running the trails, don't you? I'm like, no. He goes, because you don't, you can't see what's coming. And I was like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, but I just so want to know what's coming. And I'm thinking in terms of life now, I just so want to know what's coming in life. And he goes, and how does that work out for you when you're on the road? I'm like, oh, shoot me in the head. <laughs> I don't, don't, like don't want to see where see. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, this is I. I and he's and then he started revealing, like I've act, he 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 deals with me according to the way I am, and what makes me thrive, which is keep me in the dark and give me a little bit, and I actually get to enjoy the journey in that regard. Wow. Whereas if he gives me the whole end, it just feels like I'm never getting anywhere. So just it was just a neat, you know, eye-opening experience. Um, so the, so just finding that I really, really love these trails and that 50 K was the kind of the first come out on a high 
oh my gosh, I was made for this. And that was kind of the start. It still didn't, still didn't quite stick. Um, I, I didn't really, uh, honestly have, I, like, I'm a super competitive person. Like I know in a, in a healthy, you know, in a healthy way. Like I just you love healthy competition. <clears throat> what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being you know, a little facetious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but it never came out in racing, in running. Oh, wow. In this sport. Yeah. You know, I, I love sports. I love, you know, having fun, the, that friendly competition, but never did it come out in this. I'd always joke, I'm entering a race. I know, I'll know, I know I won't run, which is kind of absurd considering I like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm entering a race that I know I won't win, which is kind of absurd considering I like to win. But uh, it was literally when we had our, when I had a, uh, my first DNF did not finish a race. Like I pretty much kind of rode on my talent as long as I could till I f- my first uh, DNF. And uh, when we didn't finish, like immediately I, I, everything changed. And I went, I need to go to work. Like I've reached mm-hmm. my end. I need to go to work now and actually put time in. And then I began to reassess everything I was doing in the sport and came alive to it. And that was honestly just uh, in March of this year. March wow. of this year. Yeah. And so now you're loving it. Yeah. I mean, that was really the, the start of it. And um, what was the, uh, oh, yeah, we still we went for that 100. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's lots more stories there, but, yeah, keep going. Well, we want to hear those stories. But, I, okay, so a life in a day. Why? What is it that in this ultra running, and is it all running, or is it the ultra running where you are running and you're going through all of these emotions and it looks like life, how? Like, what is the truth behind that statement? I think I think a lot of it is, um, is the sort of the journey that you go on in an ultra. Like, I think you touch so many emotions and you touch so many... Um, spiritual aspects of your own life and your perspective and what you believe about the world, what, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the people you're around, what you believe about what you're doing with your life, um, what you believe about the Lord, like it all just comes to surface in the middle of an ultra over time, over effort. Um, it's, it all comes out. Nothing keeps you more honest than an ultra. Why? What makes it come out? It's, it's, it's the pressure. It's the pressure of what you're doing. It's the pressure of the, the goal. I mean, when the race director says at five, is it five o'clock in the morning? He says, I will see you sometime tomorrow. Go. Kind of sets in. Oh, and he lets you loose into the forest. And you realize like the overwhelmingness of that moment and, and the goal that you have ahead of you can almost defeat you before you even start the race. Yeah. And, and I feel like, <laughs> like life, <laughs> life can feel like that. Like if you look at your in life in, in, its, in its entirety from a place of defeat before you even start, you may never start, truly start. Yeah, and so right. it's just, it just can parallel your life so easily just as you're going throughout because you, then you start thinking about what, what, what can I do? Can I really do this? I don't know if I could do this. And then you start 
you start to have to choose what you're going to believe. You know, do I believe all the people who have supported me up to this point? Do I believe what God says about me? Do I believe what I've, what I've said about myself? Or do I believe in what I can't do? Do I believe, you know, that this isn't possible? Am I going to give up right now? Is it, you know, has all this training been for nothing? You know, so all this stuff, and I think 75% or more is all in your head. 75% of an ultra running race is mental. It's just mental. Most of running is. Most of, most of what we're doing out there is just is, is a mental fight. It's not even about our ability, really. Whoa. Because if you think about it logically, you've done the training. You've done everything that you need to. You start healthy. You're ready to go. All the work's been done. Now it's up to you to believe that you can do it. Wow. And, 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 and it takes revisiting that thought again and again and again because you have time. <laughs> yeah, that's all you, you have a lot of time. Of time. <laughs> and all the distractions of, of what we would call real life um, are just not there. And they're not going to be there as much as you want them to be there. Oh, I'd much rather be Netflixing <laughs> and chilling right now. You know, <laughs> I'd much rather be having a cup of hot cocoa with my family. Like all these things, the comforts of what we find comfortable just are ripped away. Everything is ripped away. And it's just down to your thoughts. It's down to what you believe. It's down to, you know, what he says about you. Is this why you guys do it? Or the why? Yeah. I mean, definitely. That's a huge part of what it is because it's it really, you know, and it's part of that pioneering spirit. Sure. You know, it's just, oh, what was that quote that we just heard the other day? Um, when a journey leaves you asking questions you never thought to ask, you know, in the beginning. Like, I can't think of the quote, but it's something like that. Like, it's just that pioneering spirit, you know, that it it's the more. Wow. Every time I... Every time I start, whether I finish or not, I always discover more. I discover that I had more than I could ever think. You know, my abilities, I have more than I, um, you know, more mental capacity to conquer what I think I can conquer or what I don't think I can conquer, you know. And, and I find out that I can't means nothing because mm. it's not about what I can or can't do. It's about mm. truly about what I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to run. So do you rediscover this in every single race or how yeah. much of this like is established and helps you at work, helps you with the kids, helps you yeah. with the family? I think it's, I think it's rediscovered depending on the length of the ultra <laughs> in the hundred miler in a yeah. 50 miler, those ones it's rediscovered over and over again because you have your highs you eat well and you feel good and you run and I'm bored for this. This is amazing. And then you go, oh, my gosh, you know, an hour later or more, you go, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I should stop. Like, uh, you know, you just start to panic. But it's it's that it's that pushing through that, through the I can't, through the fear, through the anxiety, through all that stuff. Like anxiety means nothing to me, like because I've pushed through it so many times. And I know that there's more and there's better and there's me on the other side of that, you know, who I really am. And so it's it's discovering that like time and time again through an ultra. It just becomes this natural language, you know, in everything that I do with my kids, the fears and anxieties of parenting, the, you know, the the obstacles that you come up against in parenting or in school or in, 
you know, everyday life, finances, sure. um, life goals not met, somebody failing you who said they would, you know, do this and they don't. And, you know, you just get to choose in your life to fold, to say I can't, to give up, to walk away, or you can press through and believe in who he says you are and believe in who, who the people around you who support you because we couldn't do these races half the time without our support team, without people to help us along the way. Yeah, so that, that was bringing me to a question I was thinking about is, um, what's the culture like when you go to these races? <laughs> well, not it's only are the, you know, not only the, you know, the immediate people that you obviously have around you for support, but even the extended, you know, S- uh, you know, culture people <laughs> who around runs that. these races with you people. Yeah, <laughs> you guys would not believe. Do you want It's it's when you show up to start an ultra, open your eyes and look around because you see people of all different abilities, wow, all different ages, all different shapes, all different sizes. It's it's beautiful, and they all are bringing their entirety to that race, like because they're all gonna go through it. They're all gonna shed some stuff and pick stuff up along the way. So it naturally leads to you start chatting with a guy, people start sharing their stories, people just start, everyone's helpful, like they help each other out. Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need something? You know, all along the way. And then there's people at the aid stations. They're incredible. They stand out there for 24 hours or more and they just serve. Wow. They just serve. They wow. cook you up the best quesadillas mm. you have best ever eaten. Jesus. Oh my mm. gosh! I oh. had. Oh yeah, because you got to be burn. It's got to burn yeah. fast. Oh yeah, you're. Yeah, you. Yeah, and they're taking care of you. Yeah. Pizza. The pizza on one of the last ones. Oh, I uh, literally had tears spring to my eyes. Mile thirty. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. and I mean literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I literally started to cry. <laughs> yeah, because your emotions are all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Pizza. All the boundaries are down. Pizza. <laughs> they had a pizza oven at mile 30. I mean, what is going on? Wow. And they, in this ultra community, I mean, in these great races that we're running, these people find the most creative ways to serve you wow. and bring joy in your life because they know that what you're doing is really, really hard. They know that you're risking stuff to be out there. They know that you're going to be at emotional lows or in the I can't zone. And so they just, they just bring the best of themselves yeah. to these races so and great. show off, you know, just... joy wow and so to be around people like that is just a blast wow it's it's very uh you know the the whole trail running culture is very uh everybody's for each other yeah there's not um you know a measuring up what are you doing here you know i wouldn't wear that gear you know what i mean like like the kind of like a picking you know at each other like that that doesn't exist like it's very everybody's kind of just an equal on the same playing field and just so excited that, you know, you're going for it, uh, we're going for it, whatever, but there's just very for each other. Yeah, Um, everybody wants to see you finish. You want to see everyone else finish. Like, we were passing people in our last race at one point, and, like, I struggle sometimes with passing people because it can be demoralizing a little bit if you're having a rough time and you have five people pass you. But as I was just passing these people, like, they're still like, good job, you're doing amazing. And I'm like, you too, I'll see you at the next aid station. Like, we've got this, you know, it's just, it's just such a beautiful community. Yeah. So for even, even elite racers, like this is their, 
That's their perspective. I mean, we wow. heard, heard one story where two guys kind of like fell in step for, I don't I can't remember how many miles that was left in that hundred, but uh, fell in step with each other and just kind of trud- trudged away and got to the end and kind of looked at each other like, okay, are we, who's going to break for the finish line? And they ended up just running it in together and finishing it together. Like there was just such a, a camaraderie mm-hmm. and a, uh, just a real, it's just a real beautiful community and connection in, in the culture. So it's very attractive. I mean, we love it. They're definitely um, the edgy side of, of running. So it's, uh, it's yeah. always good fun. <laughs> because I, I don't know if we've made it clear, but a marathon is on a road. You're running, not straight, but I mean, you're on a road. Yep. Ultra, again, you mentioned, in the woods. You guys are up mountains. I mean, at one time, so were you guys on the Oregon Tra- so trail running is, okay. in, is in the mountains. Gotcha. Um, ultras, they have road ultras as well. So okay. you can do ultra running. It's anything over a marathon. So there's plenty of ultras that are happening on pavement. Um, oh, okay. But w- kind of what we have and what I have found that I absolutely love, but we have kind of fell in step, step with is this uh, trail running okay. uh, specifically community. So uh, definitely out in the woods and, in the mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, definitely out in the woods and yeah. sometimes Kentucky in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Deep in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, what about uh, what about the people that you bring with you that are your support there? Mm. Like, what what's that relationship and connection like, and how does that you know play out through a race? Yeah. So you know, we um, when you when you kind of get into the longer races, um, I think uh, GDR was the first one where um, it was like a hundred k, so seventy five. 68, 75-ish miles. It was a little more than 100K, but... Um, emphasis on the ish. Emphasis ish. on the ish, yes. <laughs> it's very <laughs> backcountry. Uh, so, you know, that one was kind of was our first time we'd had a crew. Um, a crew can show up uh, with your with extra, you know, a, a kind of basically a bin full of stuff that you want to re- kind of repack your uh, pack and maybe change out shoes, change out socks or something like that so they can meet you at a couple points during the race. Um, and uh, also they can have um, uh, a pacer. And so someone can come in and run with you after half of the race is done. And a lot of times that's going into the night, and so it's always good to have a kind of a spotter, basically, and make sure you're not running off the trail and falling into a bush, but uh, keeping you, keeping you, you know, keeping straight. Keeping you awake? Yeah, keeping you awake sometimes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> which I want to hear a story helpful. about that, yeah. But uh, so that's kind of, you know, where the crew comes in, and, and we had picked up, in March, we started doing that, and like straight away after that first one, um, you know, Brent was on uh, uh, the the crew with us, and he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm running this. I'm gonna run. The, I'm gonna run one of these." He was gonna pace for us that on that race, but we oh. ended up DNFing. But he uh, he says, "Oh, I'm gonna start running," and and then so we're like, "Well, we better start adding to our crew because our crew's gonna start running." And now <laughs> now literally all of us, there's like five of us that are all signed up for a race and. May? Is oh. that in May? <laughs> oh wow! It's May. in May. Your crew. The crew. Our all whole of crew them. So they're we're just they're all we're all doing it. So we're just all mm. going to go run the race. It's it's a smaller one. It's a thirty k, and so we don't necessarily. Oh, I'm sorry, fifty k, but we don't necessarily need crew for that. But so that we just all get to go out and run it, which is fun. That's but awesome. So yeah, it's definitely kind of catching some some speed, and uh, definitely needing to recruit more. But it's super super fun. I mean, we did that 100 in Kentucky. Uh, you know, I, mil- I had only made it 80 miles. Quinn made it 90. Um, we had uh, came in, I think it was mile 40. We had saw our crew several times, but when we came into mile 40, it was 
what a treat to just come in. They got your chair. You sit down in the chair, ripping off your pack. They're packing up your stuff. What do you need? Like I, I told them going in, I said, you just got to kind of picture it's like Rocky coming out of the ring. And then you just, you know, you're right there and you're working on them. And, and literally that was how, that's oh, wow. how they, they, yeah. they handled uh, both of us kind of the whole, each uh, stopping point. And, and that just feels so good. It's such a recharge when, uh, you know, we came into that uh, 42, I think is what it was. We were at mile 42 and, and, uh, and you know, I, it lo- I look good on, on a, in a picture, but I was not feeling good. I mean, I was having <laughs> an absolute miserable race that race. Well, Dan, tell us. I wanted to hear about your process, your emotional process. What are some of the things that you're working through? Um, you know, so the 100 and the, 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 I mean, we have yet to, you know, do 100. Like I say, we attempted that 180, to, 90. I mean, to finish. To like you finish guys did it. Got yeah. super close. 80 and 90. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right super there. close. Yeah. Quinn was shredding it. She, yeah, she killed it on that one. But, uh, you know, so they say that so kind of like my perspective on the the um the day life in a day is you know life literally is full of ups and downs that's just what life is it's you you've got highs and you've got lows and uh and and i think you know what's interesting is you know we obviously are probably in a place in society where we can we don't we don't have this kind of pressure we can get by living without that kind of pressure so there's like this rogue sect of people that are going out and putting themselves into <laughs> such a place that is is such an extreme amount of <laughs> pressure and external pressure they're all fine yeah. 2018 give yeah. me a cell phone and air conditioning i'll yeah. do it to myself yeah <laughs> so uh so really you know i think you know they say confrontation is strategically applied pressure at one any one issue in one point like a hammer hitting a nail and really, I think it's that's that that's you're putting yourself in such an extreme amount of pressure. You're literally confronting yourself like that's the journey. So that's the when people ask me, you know, like, wow, what are you doing that for? I'm like, I don't know. Something happens out there like something happens out there when you get deep in and you're, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours on your feet. And and you've got, you know, you're deep in the forest. Um, you 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 see you. And you can't hide you. And that's where Quinn says, mm-hmm. you know, it keeps you honest. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you get squeezed and if there's anything ugly, it's going to come out. And, uh, I had a lot of races where stuff came out where it was like, Ooh man, talk about attitude. Just a super bad attitude. Like for instance, give us a, for instance, what do you mean? <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, you know, just this 100 miler we, we attempted in, um, in Kentucky, um, man, it started sometimes you have good races and sometimes you don't have good races. It's kind of a weird Weird little thing. I mean, that's, you know, that's how it is in sports. Sometimes, you know, sure. your three your, your three-point shot's on, sometimes it's off. And yep. so it's, it's <laughs> that kind of a feel, you know, where, and it started for me the night before going in. Um, I, I, you know, it started raining. I was stressed. <laughs> I didn't want to run in the rain. I mean, I, I'm, you know, yeah. So I was just really just being a baby. <laughs> you know, I was like complaining. <laughs> I, and, and, and if not so much out loud, definitely in my inner world, you know, like, um, not wanting to run in the rain, not wanting to be uncomfortable, uh, but, you know, going to go run 24 hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we go in and uh, immediately, like, I was exhausted. Um, oh, I had sprained my ankle. You, you remember that? Mm-hmm. I sprained I my ankle that. 10 days before. So, I'm, you know, I've got that I'm dealing with. Um, literally, like, within five miles, I can't, I have to stop. I can't keep up. Quinn's, like, shredding. And I'm, like, you know, you see you and all of a sudden I'm like 
I didn't train enough. I'm injured. Um, I don't, I, you know, I didn't sleep enough. I, you know, so you start talking to yourself about all the reasons why you can't. Mm. And, uh, and really was thinking, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And I'd like to think that that, you know, went away, but really it didn't not, not this time. Mm. Um, uh, not on that race. It was, it was there pretty much the whole race. Um, you know, I, I'd hit some good strides where I'm like, okay, this feels good. But overall it was, um, you know, lots of pain. I had lots of pain in my body. So I'm, I'm having to kind of work through a lot of that and not wanting to be there, not thinking I can, not thinking I've trained enough. Uh, you know, this isn't fun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) did you prophesy yourself again? Uh, you know, that race, I was in a weird place. Uh, no, I was, I actually several times during it, like, okay, Lord, where are you? Cause normally you're here and it didn't feel like he was there. So it's just, we know he's there, but I definitely wasn't aware of, of, of his, uh, presence. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was just a grind out that whole run. It was absolutely miserable. You made it, <laughs> you made it 80 miles in that environment. Yeah, 80 miles. I mean, I hit mile. Uh, we picked up our uh, pacer at 42. Um, you know, that was that was good. We hit some good good strides. I once I hit to mile 50, 55, I was like, okay, I did 50 the year before, and this is night and day. I feel night and day different than that race. So I'm feeling that's kind of encouraging. Um, you still, we we both hit a low right around that time that was really hard for us to get out. Uh, so we probably ran five or 10 miles on that in that low and then, um, picked up our second pacer. And at that point I'm so mile 60, 62 or something like that. I'm like, I think I should probably stop. Like, I think maybe like if I go any further, we're at a crew, I'm going to have to run 20 miles before I see my next crew stop. Like, you know, so I don't want to get stuck at an aid station. So maybe I'll turn around. And so I'm like, yeah, just totally not in a good headspace, and uh, ended up. Uh, well, because that not a good headspace. Yeah. To me, a non-runner sounds like man, you're thinking it through. That's like, shouldn't you be thinking that? I mean, that sounds no. like common sense, and but so that is not a good headspace. That's defeat. Yeah. So this is the this is the thing is <laughs> is you know what you realize is you you just you know you lie to you. That is lying to you. Yeah. When you have 20 miles and you're not feeling it. Wow. Because I not only did I do the 20 miles, we hit mile 72 and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just head back to the truck. I told Quinn, we had this little loop thing, uh, eight, nine mile loop. No. Oh, we were at mile. I don't remember what mile we were at. Four mile loop. I can't remember. Whatever it was. Four miles. And uh, I said, hey, I'm heading back to the truck. She goes, no, you're not. She said, you're going to grab some food and start walking. And I'm like, no, I'm done. Like I, I was done. I was <laughs> no, been done not. for 20 miles. And she's like, no, just just grab some food and keep walking. And then I ended up, we ended up, I ended up catching her and gaining 10 minutes on my time in that stretch. So it's like, so that's why you say it's not a good headspace because you actually know you can you, do it. You actually, you actually have it in you, but you don't think you do and your body's telling you you don't and everything's confirming that you don't so it's really easy to believe that you don't Mm -hmm. but the truth is you actually do have it in you and you don't know that truth until you just do it actually experience it right which is what you know so all the ups and downs you know all the craziness by the time you're 
done. Even when we when I finished, I knew I wasn't making the eighty mile cutoff, and but I'm like, I felt very accomplished. Like I'm, I ran eighty miles, twenty five and a half hours, like eighty miles. Like that's, I felt like, and I was in the worst place ever in my head. It was literally the worst race I'd run. So it's not a reasonable reason that you hadn't slept in 25 hours to stop at that point because you know that you've got it in you. Yeah, because you right. can do more. Like okay. you, you actually can. That's that's the thing is... is Kevin, I, we need to start <laughs> running. <laughs> that's, and I, I feel think, like I need to do an ultra. <laughs> I, I think that's the, you know, the piece that you pull into daily life is you just realize oh my gosh, there's, to, to think that we are, you know, get upset with such minor little res pieces of resistance that happen in our life, you know, like, it's, it's, it seems silly now, when you've now have experienced something else, and you're, and so you're literally changing your standard, you're changing mm -hmm. your benchmark, if you will. Wow. So yeah, so it changes your approach at life. So I, I can see, Quinn, your approach at life. I mean, no more anxiety. You're not dealing with anxiety and fear and things like that on the level of just shut down, right. losing your breakfast. Yeah, exactly. I still, I still deal with anxiety. I definitely, sometimes before races, you know, I just feel like total anxiety. But it's, it's different. It doesn't have a hold on me. So it's a marked Whatsoever. difference these five years from oh, the running. Significantly different. And, and Dan, in your like day to day life, your your <coughs> standard is that higher and it's from pushing through in these races. Yeah, I mean pushing through and, and just realizing what you're capable of and realizing you're you know, we're we're actually stronger than we think. Mm -hmm. Um we really we really think limited and you don't know it because we don't we're not really in a place where we, we experience a lot position. of yeah opposition or resistance. In fact, if we do anything, we run from it, well, yeah. which is society. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what well do you we, mean? Oh, well, we. I mean, our society is made up of making things easier, more so, convenient. Yeah, more convenient, convenient more ease. Comfortable. So we never really actually experience what we're made of, because we're never tested. Wow. So this literally puts that in, you know, it, it forces that to happen. And, uh, and that's the discovery part of, oh my gosh, I, I got, there's some, I remember that first year we did that 50K and literally the whole next year I was, you know, I was doing construction and roofing and, and I remember I'd be a, just grinding out a day of tear off and install and, and I'd be like, no, I, I can run 30 miles. No, I've ran 30 miles, I can do this. Like it literally created oh. a, a benchmark, a and yeah, a new place, and but you know, so I, I do want to say that all the runs aren't like that. Um, this last one we just did, this fifty miler, it was night and day. Night and my day. experience. Great, it was. It good. was fantastic. Best, run, best run I'd ever had. Best run. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. I don't want to paint a picture of like, well, oh, shoot, no. Dan, why do you keep going back? It's like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ask often. <laughs> What ra what made this race different? Was it just like you said? Some races are great, <clears throat> some races are not great. Yeah, I you know oh you know what I think what really helped to contribute to it you know because going in um, it was the same thing I I hadn't ran I mean hardly ran even going into that hundred miler but going into this one I had had I had sprained my ankle again a second time mm -hmm. and this one was very much worse than the first time and so. I virtually was off of it 
for five weeks going into this race and I ran, uh, well, the week before I went out and did, you know, a handful of like six milers. Did I do a nine miler one week? I may have one day. So, but that was like the only running I did going into it. So I'm thinking I'm under trained. I'm just, I'm, you know, got the hurt ankle. So I'm starting to go there in my head, but I remembered something I, uh, I said when I was, was teaching one night. Oh, that's always helpful. <laughs> that's always helpful. <laughs> you teach to I yourself. Said, you know, it's one of the big benefits <clears throat> to teaching. Yeah, All teasing right? aside, it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's something I say to my kids. I say, oh, no, you, you get to choose your attitude. Like, that's a choice. Like, I get to choose that. The things happening around me don't get to choose what I'm gonna, how I'm going to have my, my attitude in that. And, uh, mm. and so going into this race, I was like, okay, I'm not doing what I did last time again. And so I just managed my attitude going in and said, oh no, I'm just, I'm choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to be excited about this. And uh, because really, in spite of what, you know, my body physically might argue with me and even my soul at times, but really my spirit thrives in this environment. And I, as my spirit, am loving where I'm at right now, regardless of those other pieces. So I get to stand on that. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So, that, you know, going in, it was funny as I hit a low spot and it was just one of those races. My mom, my, I think always, all of us were kind of having a similar experience where we just felt tired. My legs felt heavy. It felt like, like I was carrying bricks around. Um, I think we started in a monsoon and oh, we're needing the right. mud. So I believe that's <laughs> what contributed to the heaviness. Full on, <laughs> full on storm. <laughs> You're like, they weren't bricks like on your sideways legs. rain. Trees falling. Trees falling while we're running. Whoa. So it wasn't bricks on your legs, but it was mud. On the road. Literally On the trail. During the race, it had fallen. Like, it was, yeah, all the trails had become creeks. Like, it was, my my feet were soaked from 10 minutes in. Was it cold? For the whole day. Yeah, it was in his 50s, so low 50. I think it got to 50 by the end of the day, (laughs) so it got a little cold at at the end. but cold in the morning. Yeah, maybe it was a bit. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> but in the middle of it, it was like, even going into that, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to choose my attitude. And so I, I'd, had a, I'd had a low, I think it was around mile 20-something, 20, probably between 20 and 25, and, mm-hmm. and hit this little bit of a low and kind of caught myself. You know, I was in the middle of it, started going there in my head thinking, you know, oh, man, my legs are tired. I'm undertrained. Quinn's done so, doing so, you know, done so good. She's so strong, and and um, excuse me, and wow, in his low place, you're killing it, Quinn. That's great. She's killing it. <laughs> she's, she's, in his lowest, how we operate. Wow, that's in, awesome. In races, for sure. And so, I I caught myself, and I said, "Oh no, no, I get to choose my attitude." And I said, oh, "I'm happy to be here." And I just started like practicing. Being thankful for where I'm at, but maintaining an attitude of gratefulness of like, oh, look at where I get to be right now. Look at the, the scenery. Look at, you know, look, look, just look where I get to be. You know what I mean? And like sure, just sure. really practicing that attitude adjustment. And literally within probably 100 yards, I felt, I actually felt, you know, your feelings follow your thoughts. Yeah. And so I actually felt the rush of the high comeback. Yeah. And I went, oh, there you are said oh i'm back mm-hmm. i'm like okay here we go and from that point yeah like w- we just started pushing i remember the look on your face i turned back around and here you come smiling chasing after me it was great yeah, <laughs> she was leaving me behind like, she said hey i'm catching that guy up there i'm like oh 
oh no, I'm 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 with you on that. We're gonna catch that guy. Yeah. Got caught up. But and then yes. you took the lead. Yeah. So we really well, and then at that point we were kind of pushing into mile 29, and uh, I was I had ran out of food, and like li- literally I'm finding trying to find anything I can in my bag. I'd ran out of water, and I'm like, so we really started pushing it because I knew if I slowed down, it was gonna start being a spiral because then I was going to lose energy and then I was going to go slower. And I'm like, so that's why when we came into that aid station and they had pizza, I literally had sp- tears sprang to my eye. I'm like, pizza. and I just went right for it. My kids mm-hmm. were there and I'm like, and I still feel bad. I'm like, I did. I went to the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Love you kids, but daddy's got the pizza. And then I saw the kids. <laughs> Daddy needs sustenance. <laughs> but you know, what's wild wow. about that race is that, you know, we had, um, by the time we got to the end, uh, it just, I hit mile 40 and like, like came alive. Like literally at that point I was going, I started clicking off mile times faster than we started. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, and it was in the hardest section of the race in the dark, lots of technical cliffs, roots, and just flying. And, uh, and I said, and I, I literally had a thought, Oh, I bet I could do a hundred right now. Like, I bet I could just keep going. Like, I've, I hit that kind of stream. And that's the thing, though, is in spite of all those lows, it's not true. And that's the, that's the you don't know that's that until helpful. you push through yeah. and then experience the high on the other side. And then you're like, oh, oh, no, you, 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 it, it ends. You know, there's a saying, we had read a book, uh, uh, North, was it North by Scott Jurek? And uh, he talked about his... Uh, uh, this uh, this kind of old timer trail running guy, and he would say, he would say, it never always gets worse. <laughs> it never always gets worse. It never always gets worse. <laughs> never, and that's well. it's the truth. It just doesn't always get worse. It it eventually bounces back. You just got to keep going. You keep it pushing. Never always and gets you pop worse. Out. Never. Gosh, you guys, I have so many questions. Um, but one in in our culture today, not our Bethel culture, but just abroad and culture today. We live with folks that need you to listen to all of the excuses why they cannot. And that is considered love. That's considered (laughs) empathy. That's considered, I mean, so much of what is just across the board. You're you're not being empathetic. How in the world are you functioning knowing what you know now (laughs) that you've learned out on the trails? What in the world? Like how... What, what are in, your thoughts? With people in society in general and yeah. culture. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean when you know. people come to you with this is empathy and you know a hundred miles at a time, fifty miles at a time, that's not empathy. You're you're letting the air out of your own tire. You're defeating yourself. You're 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 accepting defeat. What is your response? Like how do you function in twenty eighteen? I think I think it's overwhelming joy and hope and um you just see the human race a little bit differently i bet i think and yeah. when people come to you hopeless and defeated this inner truth just mm. burns like to no end of you can mm. it's going to be okay believe it or not like you're going to this truth just wells up is just i just carry this big giant fat gold truth around with me (laughs) everywhere I go and just believe I just believe in people so much more so much more than I ever have so courage comes up and out Mm -hmm. of you for folks you encourage wow because you just know you know you you know what 
you know what they're actually are capable of. Right. Yeah. They That's just don't know yet. And and it's they a just it's just this undeniable truth. Like you know that you know that you know that people can just do more than they think. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see It's beautiful. I mean, I just go in the grocery store and I'm, you know, picking out apples and I just I just look at people differently. And you know, cuz you see people finish these ultras. I mean, I'm rubbing shoulders with, you know, 70-year-old women who are just making Running their ultras? making oh, yeah. their own way to the finish <coughs> in their own style and their own fashion it, for their own reasons and they do it. Wow. You know? And it's wow. just That's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, so I just see people everywhere just differently. You just hear the world differently. So Dan said earlier, much earlier, that the test, what did you say about a test? And when you've been tested and you see that you can pass it, it changes everything. This is your experience too. Mm -hmm. And that there's possibly a lack of tests. Would you agree that we have a lack of tests? You, you yeah. agree too? Yeah, We have sure. a fear of resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, whenever there's a pe in it, if there's ever resistance in our life, what do we do? We go, oh, okay, <laughs> and we, sit down. We think, oh, all right, okay, well, that was what I needed to hear. You know, in our culture, we think it's the devil attacking us. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking no, that's awesome. It's just life. In fact, if you're not going somewhere where you've never been, uh, or you you'll never, you know, you'll never have that. If you go somewhere you've never been, how, why would you be surprised that you have resistance? Yeah. What I would mean, you say to the person that would like to go where they've never been, but is just frozen? I would just say try. Mm. And I would say get people around you who believe in you more than you believe in yourself, first and foremost. And I would say that um, just try. Just try. Small, achievable goals, consistency. Move toward your dream. Move toward what it is that you want to grow in or what it is that you want small achievable goals having people around you who believe in you more That's than you helpful. believe in yourself and then just keep going after it until you believe it yourself That's helpful Quinn Quinn Weber so I heard a rumor about you on this last race from one of your from one of your team members that you were falling asleep which everybody does right oh, that was and their job people this do fall 100? asleep <laughs> that their job was to hey Quinn wake up you're you're sleeping and running but you didn't stop yeah you just had your little poles yeah first and foremost I mean I had Stephanie with me after mile 60 oh and see the thing with crew is they drop everything to come and follow you around the backwoods of Kentucky and Tennessee in it's a amazing. suburban you know, they experience the same <coughs> things we're experiencing, the lack of sleep, no sleep, the the trying to find what to eat, where to eat, how to eat. They're, you know, they don't quite know, you know, where they're going out there, you know, and they're just they're just figuring it out to come and serve us. So she jumps on the trail. She Wow. She's just she's amazing. So she's fresh, ready to go. It's like one, two in the morning. Something nuts like that, right? And you've been running for how many hours at this time at this point? Several. Uh, Wow. Uh, 18, wow. 19. 19 hours at that point. So she 19 hours running, no sleep, and eating yeah. along the way. So she wow. pops mm. on, and she's just, she's doing amazing. So I'm having serious stomach issues out there in the woods with no bathrooms around. So it's it, it had been a struggle since mm. mile 10. Yeah. And so I'm having to be really diligent with my nutrition. I'm feeling extra exhausted. 
we're still trucking along and we're starting to now fight cutoffs. They pull you off the course at specific times. You have to reach specific points. Um, otherwise, you have no business being out there and they need to pull you off for safety. So we're starting to fight that cutoff. So me and Stephanie are trucking along and, um, and at this point, it was like four in the morning and I started <laughs> four, 4.30 is when it finally started to hit. I started wanting the sun to come up and I started thinking, you know, when is the sun going to come up? Mm. Like, it's got to come up at some point. And I just started to spiral downhill and started getting really exhausted. And sure enough, yeah, just holding on to these, I had these hiking poles and just moving them. And then just, I would start thinking about something nice, something comfortable, probably something delicious. <laughs> and then I have Stephanie <laughs> yelling back at me, Quinn, Quinn, keep moving. What are you doing? Are you awake? You know, and there's cliffs, there's all kinds of like, there's this caution tape, like do not cross. And it's red caution tape. Red caution tape. There's wow. like a, a ravine, like it's not safe. And so she left me at this point, by the way. She's, I had she's left. She's gone. Him. I'm flying solo now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, at this point, I'm struggling to keep awake, but we're fighting these cutoffs. So I have to keep moving no matter what. And so Stephanie's stock went up you know, unbelievably. And at one point I'm like seeing these bat birds popping up out of the bushes because I'm starting to get a little delirious. I'm seeing these weird lights that I think are headlamps. And I keep asking Stephanie over and over, you know, are those other runners? And she's like, they're just reflective tape. Like, just keep yeah. moving. She's just telling me to keep moving. And I'm talking about all these other things. I started talking about childbirth. I was like, if I can have a baby at 4.30 in the morning, I can certainly run under <laughs> Like all these crazy <laughs> thoughts are popping out of my mind all at once. And she's just amazing. Like we've, we have, she has never paced before. I've never had a pacer before. Oh, wow. So she we're all amazing. new at this. Stephanie and at one is point, amazing. She is. I'm like, we, where are we? Like, are we at the aid station yet? This mile 88 station. It's like, I don't know, six something in the morning now. It's 6.30 something maybe seven anyway the cutoff is coming so stephanie looks back at me and like i'm asking all these questions when are we gonna get there are we almost there and she goes quinn right now you have to give it everything that you have you have to move and she said it a little bit more like forceful than that stank on that one yeah yeah <laughs> she just it was the most it was the most crazy moment like I'll just will never forget the look on her face the confidence that she had in yeah. me because at that point I was getting delirious and absolutely losing my confidence and as a result losing my nerve and as a result losing my sure. balance sure. and my ability to go forward and she just snapped me out of it with just her words and her confidence wow. and so she spun around and started running and I started following the little shiny birds on the back of her shoes and by mile 80 we are both in a full sprint like full strides, Whoa. bombing down this mountain into this 80-mile aid station. She's screaming, runner, you know, to because I've got five minutes before I'm going to get cut out of this race at mile 80. Whoa. And she's just pulling me right in, pulled me right in. Wow, you're not kidding so about 20, your team. So what were you at, 24 hours in, 80 no, miles? No, this is like 20, 25 or 26 hours in. Or and sprinting sprinting i never thought that would be possible what? it was it was insane wow. and then it started raining yet it started raining a little at bit. that point it was like seven in the morning the sun was supposed to come up. up it was supposed to come up instead of the sun coming <laughs> up i'm walking out of this aid station and at this point i thought i was going to be alone for the last 20 miles because brent had come in and run from mile 40 to 60 
Stephanie came in and did 60 to 80. I'm thinking these guys are done, so I'm going to run the last 20 run, quote, unquote. And so I start taking off out of the aid station, delirious, but just happy to be, because nothing's taking me off that course unless they tell me I can't go on. So they let me go. I'm, wow. I'm stumbling out of this aid station, delirious. Wow. Then the rain starts to come pouring down. Mm. No sun's coming up today. It was just like just defeated, and I just get exhausted from that sprint out of nowhere. And I see Brent is walking next to me. And he's still continuing to walk next to me outside this aid station. And you can get disqualified for that if it's not like within the rules. But come to find out he was pacing me and I didn't realize it. And I look at him and I'm like, Brent, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way to the end. And I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. I said, Brent, I need a minute. So I was outside the aid station. I could take a minute. And I grabbed my poles and I laid my forehead on my poles and I just had a good cry. Because <laughs> oh, I was so overwhelmed with just humility and, and gratitude for what Stephanie had just done for me to get me to that point and beyond. And then just overwhelming awe that Brent was stepping back into the wow. course with me and was going to carry me through with all the joy in the world. Sure. Like, it was just such a place of vulnerability, humility, wow. honor, pride, courage, hope. I mean, it was just a mess. It was just a beautiful wreckage of everything that is good. And so, yeah, I had a little cry at that point. But, yeah. Wow, you guys, Webbers. It brings wow. new light to that whole, you know, you know, if you ask me, you know, if you ask you to Mike, uh, or walk a mile, you know, you'll go two. You're like, oh, okay, if I ask yeah, you to run you 50, go you'll go 100. Ask me to go 100. I'll go 100. Oh, wow. Weber, wow. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. You guys, thanks. This process is beautiful and rich and helpful. Thank you very much. I, I honestly think it just completely preaches a message without actually, you know, like yes. saying, okay, we're going to open your Bible to this, and here's the gospel. <laughs> right, I mean, right. really, like it is so rich. Yeah. Um, with just purpose and passion. Mm. And um, thanks for coming on and sharing. It's so good. Oh, thanks for so having me. It's our pleasure. Can yeah. people get in touch with you at an email address? Do you have like GritFit? Is there any, if, if people are interested or wanted to ask questions about the podcast, is there, a, is, is that a thing? Um, GritFit uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So just search GritFit. GritFit Facebook page. G-R-I-T-F-I-T? Um, yep. No dashes or hyphens? No dashes. Okay. Um, That's the Webbers. Yeah. I mean, that might be, or just Facebook okay. Messenger or something. Just hit like us that, up yeah. on Facebook. Okay. Whatever. Or see us around town. Do you got to put a big shout out. Brent Brownlee ran this last 50 mile with us and has uh, accomplished his first ultra. Whoa. That is yeah. Way to Whoa. go, Brent Brownlee. He, he did so <laughs> he did good. Fantastic. By the our <clears throat> last few miles, mainly what I was saying out loud is, "Babe, I'm so proud of Brent. He just crushed <laughs> it. He just did so well. He just stayed so positive. Wow, the whole time. Wow, that sounds just like Brent. But like Brent. now I, it does sound like Brent. But it, it's Brent now, even in a 50 mile race. So go Brent. Yeah, yeah. It's Brent, just Brent. Was squeezed, and what came out was more of Brent. <laughs> <laughs> More of that beautiful positivity and encouragement and just joy. Yeah, it was great awesome. to see. That's it was incredible. an honor. And then Stephanie Maddox, who's our, who's, you know, she just told the story of, is uh, uh, signed up to do her first ultra in January. She's so she'll be great. doing a 50K. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be, that's going to be good. So, wow. Webbers, look Catching at you. I know. I haven't. 
helping folks do the thing. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. We appreciate mm. you. This is insightful and helpful and rich and wonderful. Yeah, yeah I think pro- pro- probably a good idea to take this podcast and post it on your GritFit page if we mm. can. Yeah, oh, there we go. yeah, Absolutely. as well as you know, as well as on the podcast. Yeah, um, at Beth uh, on the Bethel app as well. But it'd be a great place to yep. to post oh, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, BA Chats, yay. Wow. Another wonderful BA Chat. Things to think about. I'm going to leave <laughs> and just process through this and see if there's any courage in here to start running. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just going to try that goal of just running to the end of the driveway. That's, That's going to be me. That's where it starts. Tomorrow. That's right. That's where it starts. <laughs> That's where it starts. Absolutely where it starts. <laughs> it, it'll fool you. The first five miles are always hard. Still. Still. No matter huh? what. First five miles. Once I get past the five, it's like my body gets used to what I'm doing and then just phew, autopilot. So wow. you, sometimes you got to push past the... The driveway? Sometimes you got to push <laughs> past the, uh, the the stuff going on inside. Yeah. But small achievable goals. Small okay. achievable That's goals. Beautiful. Sometimes you guys. it's just about getting out the door. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we love you. Yep. You guys remember that Jesus loves you. And we love you too. <laughs>